everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I am bringing you the post-game show right after Bayern Munich's kind of exciting, kind of worrying 1-1 draw versus FC Köln. It was a fun match to watch if you took away the whole element of being a Bayern fan. Uh, it was not the most inspired effort, especially early on from Bayern Munich, but uh, there were some good things, some bad things, but I think everyone should acknowledge that FC Köln actually did play pretty well. They did about as well as they could do against Bayern Munich. It was a good, tough, hard-fought match. Uh, a typical Bundesliga brawl, and uh, yeah, what can you say? I mean, Bayern did not get the results that they wanted, but it was a good match anyway to observe I'm not so sure all Bayern Munich fans agree with that because there were some frustrating and worrying things, but have no fear, the therapist is in, and we are here to talk about all things good and bad about this match. And as you know, it's always, always to the extreme with Bayern Munich, so let's get right to it. Let's look at how the scoring went down and how this game played out. Of course, it did not take FC Köln long to, to be able to get on the board. Just four minutes into the match, Elie Shkree had a... I, it's tough to describe how a defense could break down so early in the match, but uh, it looked like Dio Upamakano lost his man, who was able to head it down to Shkree, who... Uh, it, I, I want to say that... It was kind of a freak thing, but it did look like Alfonso Davies was a little bit out to lunch, lost track of his man, and it was right off the bat 1-0, and you could sense Bayern Munich feeling a little bit of that pressure. Now, what I will tell you about Bayern Munich in the first half, while it was uneventful on the scoreboard, Bayern did have a ton of possession. They were in control of the match, but every time FC Köln was able to put together a counter, it was extremely dangerous. And even though Bayern did have all of that possession, there were some worrying things as that first half progressed. Uh, we saw a couple of good opportunities get missed. Of course, like not every opportunity is a gimme. But at some point, if you're a Bayern Munich player, you have to start making plays. Uh, and, and to be honest, I didn't see enough playmaking out there. And there's probably some reasons for that that we'll touch on. But we'll move on in this little summary of the match the first half ends, Bayern Munich down 1-0, and then Julian Nagelsmann started to make some changes. To start the second half, he brought in Kingsley Coman for Serge Gnabry and Ryan Gravenberg for Leon Goretzka. The Goretzka move was a little bit surprising to me. I know that the condensed schedule probably has Nagelsmann looking at his rotation, looking at ways to get people some rest. Uh it's very curious to me that everyone needs rest except Kimmich, and I guess in this case it was good that he was not rested, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, so I, I guess it's not completely shocking that Goretzka was taken off because I believe it was probably rest-induced that, that Nagelsmann wanted to get Goretzka some extra downtime. I don't really think it had much to do with Goretzka's performance in the first half. I thought he was okay. I, I didn't think there was anything horribly bad about the way he played. I thought he was up and involved in the offense. And, um, you know, again, it was a time to get Ryan Gravenberg some some minutes. And it was interesting how it played out because we did see earlier today that 
Somehow, a rumor that evaded BFW that Liverpool was looking to bring in Gravenberg on a loan. I, I, I had not heard anything about that. And the end result of the rumor, which was reported by Sky Sports, Florian Plettenberg, was that Bayern was not going to let Liverpool bring in Gravenberg. They were not going to, to send Gravenberg away on a loan, which I think we all would have assumed anyway. There has been no point where it seemed like Bayern Munich wanted to to rid itself of Gra- Gravenberg for this season, even when he was complaining. But either way, uh, there was that factor. The second substitution, though, was not that shocking. Kingsley Coman came on for Serge Gnabry. Gnabry had a warning going into this match from, from Julian Nagelsmann. It's that if he wanted to stay on the field, he was going to have to perform because as we all know by now, Boolander, as I'm calling Gnabry these days, <laughs> decided to go to Fashion Week on his day off uh, rather than keep it a little more local and rest, which it sounded like Nagelsmann would have preferred. From a, p- a fan standpoint, I don't know if there's any reason to get worked up over what Gnabry chose to do, but I could see why a coach would be annoyed by it, especially because Bayern has not been playing that great, or at least didn't play that great against RB Leipzig last Friday. Bayern did not look all that cohesive, and Bayern has a condensed schedule coming up. So I could see why Nagelsmann would want his boys to stay local on a day off rather than jetting off or however he got to Paris. Uh, Whatever the case, uh, it didn't sound like Nagelsmann was happy about it. And I don't think Gnabry played exceptionally well in the first half. He had a good opportunity from close range. It was a tough angle with his left foot. I kind of felt he should have done better with it. Uh, some of the other BFW staffers disagree with me and, and were leaning on the fact that it was a tough angle. But again, at some point you have to make plays if you're a great player. So, um, you know, Gnabry's up and down. He had some heat on him uh, from Nagelsmann heading into the match. So it was not all that shocking that Nagelsmann pulled the trigger at halftime. We also did see in the 68th minute after some back and forth play, very similar to the first half, uh, Jamal Musiala was taken out in favor of Thomas Muller, and I think this is one of the moves that helped change the tide of the game. Uh, and it's not a reflection on Musiala, and I do want to talk about him in a little bit, but this Bayern Munich team is missing something without Thomas Muller on the pitch. And, and I listen, I know I'm not an inducted member of the hashtag Muller Mafia, but I do recognize how important Muller is, and I think it was very short-sighted to think that you could just take him off the pitch and there wasn't going to be some kind of fallout eventually. And it just seems like the offense is not as fluid. There's no point guard running things without Thomas Muller on the pitch. And I honestly believe that's part of the reason the attack has been so choppy against Arbe Leipzig and also against FC Colin today. So Muller came in, things started to shift a little bit. In the 82nd minute, Nagelsmann got pretty desperate here. Took off Alfonso Davies, brought in Matisse Tell. Now, I will tell you, Davies, I was—I have not been thrilled with his play. And I know I will catch heat from this. I was already catching a little bit of heat from the BFW crowd there. I, I think Davies' development has stagnated just a little bit here. I think he's just an insane talent. He's got a, just a ton of ability, and I think we all want to see so much from him that even when he's off, I think fans are a little... I don't know if it's scared to acknowledge it or if, you know, they're they're just so wooed by his talent. But I think he's hit a bit of a plateau. He's still making some of the same mistakes that he's been making occasionally. Forces things, 
his def- defensive positioning and defensive awareness and can leave a lot to be desired at times. And I, that hurt Bayern Munich early in the game today. Now, you know, at different points in the game, we saw Davies looking great, driving, creating chances for his team. Those are all the things that we know he can do and, and, and all the great things that he brings to a game. But I think he needs to get better defensively. And if he's not the kind of player who wants to commit to getting better and commit to playing a more defensive role, then I think it's worthwhile for Bayern Munich to look at the viability of playing him as a wing. It seems like he, far too often, he gets caught out of position and it puts so much undue pressure on the back line to cover for him. And it creates a little more chaos than I think that Julian Nagelsmann is probably comfortable with at this point with those counterattacks. So, Listen, this is not condemning Davies. He is a great player. He is probably going to have a phenomenal career. But I do think he's gotten a little complacent with his development. And there are some easy things I think he can switch with a little more focus and commitment on his defensive responsibilities. We all know what he can do as an offensive force pushing forward. But can he continue to evolve and become a more well-rounded weapon as a left back? Uh, what he does, it's very difficult to replicate that offensively. But it is creating some issues on a, in a very unsteady back line. Uh, the communication, again, on the back line, I thought left a lot to be desired, as did the positioning. Again, they gave up one goal, so it's not like it was a total train wreck. But I think it can be better. I think this back line needs time, and they need to play together more. And it's only going to get better if they're all aligned and on the same page and supporting each other, which at times it seems like with how far and how fast Davies gets upfield, they're just not there's just not enough awareness as a group to be able to cover for it all the time. So uh, Matisse Tell came in and I thought he had some positive moments. He was another threat, which I think helped pave the way for a 90th minute equalizer from Joshua Kimmich. Dio Upamakana was credited with the assist. Thomas Muller played a role in the buildup. I thought it was desperation time, and when Bayern Munich needed a hero, Joshua Kimmich stepped up. And I'll be honest, as I was watching this match, I was all ready to kind of come down on Nagelsmann for leaving Kimmich in there because I felt there were times where Kimmich looked a little heavy, like he had some heavy legs. He looked a little out of sorts at at times, not the entire time. But there were different moments in the game where I just didn't think Kimmich was as sharp as he normally is. And I don't think he was sharp on Friday against RB Leipzig. So, you know, seeing this, I get a little concerned because I think the guy just accumulates so much wear and tear that eventually he is going to wear down this season. But regardless, it didn't happen today. When Bayern Munich needed a clutch play, he made it. Terrific shot. Equalized the match. And that is how the game would end up. Bayern Munich had a couple of chances there. Uh, Nothing came to fruition at the end of the match. But it was nice to see that Bayern Munich showed some resolve, showed some resiliency, fought back, and really did a good job of getting the point out of a situation where it looked like they were not going to be able to. So some of the talking points that I think will come out of this, I mean, there's something right now to be said about what Bayern Munich is asking Jamal Musiala to do. To me, this is a lot of weight on the shoulders of a young kid. 
he's being asked to play the point guard role in this attack. He's being asked to also be the focal point, meaning he is the most dangerous scorer in this attack. It's not the striker, Eric Maxim Chupomoting, who I thought was okay today, nothing special. It's not the wingers who have gotten so much acclaim, like Serge Gnabry and Leroy Sané or even Kingsley Coman. Jamal Musiala is the man, if you want to use a quote-unquote term, for this attack. And I don't know if it's fair to expect him to carry the burden of that at this stage of his career. He's still just 19 years old until next month. He's being asked to really step in and replace a club legend. It's not like there was this smooth transition between Musiala, between Muller to Musiala. It didn't happen that way. Muller got hurt in the Hinrunda. Musiala took over the position. After the World Cup, which we've never had a World Cup at this time before, it just was assumed that Musiala was going to take that role, whether he was ready for it or not. And it's not to say that his skill set and his talent aren't ready for it, but what Nagelsmann is asking that position to do, direct the attack, play a linking role between the offense and the defense, to work with those two midfielders, that pivot of Kimmich and Gretzka, and also be able to create offense and be really the best scorer of the attack, that's asking a lot. And I think that there's got to be a way to use Muller and Musiala together so that Byron can get the most out of the talent that it has. And I think what it ultimately might require is Musiala being pushed out to wing at this point, which I think is great. And I think it would be a great idea for him to go out and be able to attack from the wing, give him the chance to operate, taking people on 1v1 and creating offense that way, and be a part of the machine rather than being the engine of the machine, right? Like, we want him there because he is a good creator. He is a good scorer. But I don't know if he's ready to take on all of those leadership responsibilities, all of those things within the squad and the attack that Thomas Muller does. Where it does create a problem with Bayern Munich and Musiala is that you have an, an overabundance of wingers. Aside of Gnabry, Sané, and Coman, you have Matisse Tell who's seeing time there, and you have Sadio Mane who has been injured. So adding Musiala into that mix would give them six very, very capable wingers for two spots. So I don't know what the solution is going to be, but I do know that Nagelsmann and his coaching staff are going to have to find a way to alleviate some of that pressure off of Musiala. And yeah, guess what? If Robert Lewandowski was still manning the nine, this would be a much easier transition. If there was even another more viable candidate than, than Chubo Moting, I think that there would be an easier transition from Musiala. But right now, you know, Chubo Moting is what he is. He's, he's a good player, but he's not the kind of player that the other defenses have to always account for. You don't always have to know where Chubo Moting is. Uh, it's not like it was with Robert Lewandowski. I mean, Chupo does a lot of good things, but he doesn't have that one overwhelming talent as a striker that you fear. He doesn't have that blazing speed. He's not, while he's good in the air, he's not just a, a dynamic aerial threat. And while he can score with both feet, it's not as if he has done so consistently over the course of his career at the rate of other great strikers. So uh, there's nothing wrong with Chupo in the role that he's playing, but I will say it would be a lot easier to make this transition from Musiala or from Muller to Musiala if there was a better striker in house. The other talking point I think that I, that that 
you know, the team is going to have to address is just shoring up the back line. There are moments where Delict and Upamakano, where they look like they're on the same page, where Pavar looks engaged and like he is fully on board with what's going on the back line. And there are moments where Davies is doing what he does best. But there's got to be better communication. There's got to be a better awareness of where each other, each where each of them are. And I feel like at times the center backs look around and they're not sure where the, the outside backs are. And if, you know, Davies pushes up too far, how far over does the lick, the Rupert how far over do they shift? Uh, it's become a bit of an issue. So I'm interested to see how much that improves, because I do believe it will, because there's so much talent on the back line. I have no reason to think that it won't just get better. Uh, the last talking point that I think is going to become an issue is that the offense lacks fluidity. And I Listen, I don't believe that there's a major issue. I believe that the talent will eventually get to the point where they are overtaking the opposition. But Nagelsmann has to find the right combinations. And I don't think Gnabry did himself any favors today, especially with the target that he had on his back. Sané, I think, could give you a little more than he's given in these first two games. Kingsley Coman, I thought, did really well. And again, he, he was a player that when he came in, gave the attack a jolt of energy, which is awesome, right? But I think he believes he's a starter right now as well. So when Mane comes back, there's going to be that whole reintegration process with him. And it's going to leave Nagelsmann constantly shifting in people, taking other people out, moving others around. It's going to be a mess for this team to get on the same page. And that is really what worries me the most with the attack it's not the talent. It's not that they will eventually, you know, that they won't perform. It's not that Chupo is the striker. I think if you surround Chupo with enough cohesive parts, then you're going to get the most out of him. But if there's a lack of cohesion and fluidity on in the attack, I think it's just going to it's going to be tough at times for Bayern fans to watch this. In the end, however, I will tell you. I think it will all work itself out. But whether or not that happens before Bayern faces PSG is a whole separate story. So Nagelsmann has his work cut out for him. But I don't think there's any reason to push the panic button. I don't think there's any reason for Bayern Bayern fans to be totally frustrated. I mean, they shouldn't be punching TVs like we saw that idiot Dallas Cowboys fan do uh, on Twitter the other day. So uh, I'm just hoping that people stay level-headed about this. It's going to be a process. Julian Nagelsmann has a plan. It's just a matter of getting everyone to buy in and getting everyone on the same page. I think it will happen. It's just an issue of timing. So 1-1 draw. Bayern Munich came away with a match I think many people expected them to win. They got one point. Not the best result, but it could have been a lot worse if not for Joshua Kimmich's 90th minute rocket. That'll, that'll about do it for this one. Uh, as always, you can get me on the Barrel Blog. You can get the site at Bavarian FB Works. Get our tweet meister, Tommy Adams, at TommyAdams71. And you get I Need No Name at BFWINNN. Check out all of our great game coverage. We're going to have our awards and observations and all of the reactions. Uh, you know, Check with us later this week. We'll have a weekend warm-up podcast coming out. We will have a ton of posts on our site. And as we talked about throughout this week, obviously this podcast 
has uh, been cut by SBN and Vox Media, but we are actively working on a new home for it. So stay tuned for information on that. Hopefully we have some good news soon. And in the end, uh, everything, just like I believe it will happen with Bayern Munich, will probably work itself out for BPW as well. So had a great time doing this show for you. Uh, Let me know what you think about the match, not just in the comments to this post, but also in the Daily Schmalkarl tomorrow where I give you the aftermath of the match. So uh, had a blast doing it. We will see you next time.